Wisco Dice! Welcome to Wisco Dice. Oh yeah! Never do a Slim Jim! <laughs> macho Man going on over there. Yeah, hey. Switching it up. Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, not much here to record. Some yep. more awesome Wisco Dice episodes. Hey, so this is your Conzi with the most. I am your host. I am joined by my co-host and brilliant and most awesomest friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it, buddy? Such the compliments, yeah. <laughs> Stark Raving Mad or Brian is here? No, I'll give, I'll give you a complete credit here. So, folks that didn't hear about it, the we, had a, we had a little accident with my wife and a pork chop bone and the dog. So... She lost a chunk of her finger, which is healing very well. And so I'm that very is going good now. It's going gonna very well, yes. That's good to hear. It looks like she's getting feeling back in some of the tip yeah. and is going to have most of it back. So that's awesome. So, But uh, when it happened, I called. I ended up having, I'm like, you know, full panic mode at the ER. <laughs> you know, I'm shaking. I'm freaking out. I'm... I don't know. It, it's it was pretty pretty traumatic. I was you know for me, you know, Conzi was kind of upset and uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not quite with it. And and when we had raced out the door and pan and I had panic drove to get to the ER, we you know we didn't bring things like I didn't grab things like the wife's cell phone. I mean, I wasn't planning for her, you know an extended trip at that point. I was planning on getting her finger reattached. And so I called Brian and like, hey dude, I mean, I'm stuck in the ER. Here's what happened. Can you come get? Can you do me a big props and come here, grab my house key, and go to the house and grab some stuff for us? Because I don't know how long we're gonna be here. And at this point, we need to try to notify folks and stuff. And Tina doesn't have her cell phone or any numbers. No, it's true. We dropped everything. Everything you were doing, and came right by and helped out, and that was super awesome. There's not a lot of guys out there that you know <laughs> friends do that. So hey, awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And unfortunately, we'll give you credit out here on the show. Took a while. There's not really a driving around Madison kind of sucks. Yeah, especially where <laughs> the hospitals are yeah, too. Like, well, from here to the hospital, there's just no good way to go. No, you gotta go like, up around the lake yeah. and stuff. There's the new ER by like towards Sun Prairie. That might have even most been easier to get to. Probably would for have a future been. reference. Probably if anybody's been, dying. Yeah. yeah. But so, anyway, that was that. On the off of tragedy, <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? What positive Warhammer stuff do we have on the on the palette for stuff to chat about? It's very positive. But I think we're going to dive into the world of what army popularity is kind of the general title I gave it, but what makes armies more popular than others? Why do we see so many of this army versus that and everything that kind of goes down that line? Uh, tournaments versus just like every day what people are playing and then how that ties into maybe how GW runs their business. And So what have we been doing the last couple of weeks here, buddy? Well, like I said, I've been hobbying quite a bit. I put up at least my Hellsteed blog post. I don't remember if I mentioned. I think I talked about him in the last yeah, you... show, but now I have the blog post up to follow him. Uh, Eric also posted a blog post that's out before this episode. Yeah, about some trees he made. I saw him at the game store the other day. Yeah, they were pretty cool. He's just one of our local gamers around here. He's pretty new. He just yep. started playing ogres, but he has like a pretty much a full army done up already. So yeah, he's definitely he's got some motivation. <laughs> very motivated. Very. He's definitely working on paints and they're painting. You know, painted up his whole army and and has fiddled and experimented and tried things and. You know, it's it's one thing. It's really easy, and you know, back when we first got started, trying to find paints or how to do things or all these different products that were out yeah. there to experiment with, and YouTube, none of that stuff really was there. Like, heck, heck, <laughs> we didn't have washes really. I mean, unless you were an artist, you knew how to. You had inks, stupid you know, inks, a product. 
So, I bought one once and it exploded in my box. And it was terrible. Screw that stuff. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have you, you shouldn't have stuff and explode in your box. That's just the moral <laughs> of the story. All right, but anyway, um, like I said, I have been hobbying quite a bit. Um, I'll mention it in here. I did post. Well, there'll be another blog post coming out. It'll probably be out before the show is edited. But I got that coming up on a couple more characters I made. So those guys look awesome. There's that one. Yeah, you saw the sneak preview, and you saw them at the store, I guess. So. Yeah, I saw them. I actually saw them at the store. But so I really like those awesome. dudes a lot. So that's exciting. And then I'm also have one more conversion. I'm still working on a lot of green stuff. Work on that. I'll talk about that later, and there'll be a blog post to follow that. And then I have a bit sorter coming to make another dude that'll probably be horribly useless, but hopefully it'll be a cool model. When I'm done with it, <laughs> and I only have one more week before school starts so then we'll see what happens after that well hopefully hopefully i'll still be in it hopefully school won't hit quite super full speed running um on day one and you'll be able to slowly finish up some of these projects here yeah or just keep working in general so i think it'll be all right i mean just finding i gotta work on finding those little bits of time to get stuff done as well as get my homework done so What's the what's the little uh, little lady think about all uh, this hobby and work you've been doing? She's usually pretty cool. She's like really busy. I guess she's on derby break at the moment, but I think she was home like one night this week, so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a problem getting things done. And usually everything else is pretty well in order. I try and do like other things too. So have you have you staked out like your section of the house yet? I well, I guess like, we'll probably talk about it later. But yeah, I I mean I do have a. Uh, like a shelf going on and then i just have like a shelf. Uh, permanent like a hobby desk i kind of stole from her because we put another <laughs> desk in another room so she's using the other desk when she wants although i kind of stole that room the other day because i brought my guitar over i thought i'd start dicking around with that again <laughs> so <laughs> that's another thing to steal my time but a lot of it i'm keeping i actually worked out pretty good i bought some of those bigger models uh with a the boxes i've been using the box lids as kind of like a tray so sure i can just keep that under the coffee table and when i want to work on something i just bust it out and Not bad. everything's ready to go there so that's been working out really good but i mean there's plenty of time when we're just sitting there watching tv and then if it's right there i can just pick it up and definitely get a little done but that's the green stuff is a little harder work because usually i'm off at the desk just doing that and then you gotta wait I mean, like, if I try and do too much, then my fingers start messing up the other stuff <laughs> sure. I did at one point. So that's more of a slow process, I guess, for me. So, But I'm getting there. I'm excited. <laughs> so I, I mean, obviously, I've been doing a little bit. I mean, I've almost have a full unit for the Demon Army finished. Yeah. Which wasn't even a thing the last time we recorded. Uh, I hadn't even bought any demons, and I didn't own the army. It was one of the, one of the few Warhammer armies I didn't own, and then... <laughs> Uh, Kenny, who's from the Combat Phase show and has been on the show before here, or put up his demons for sale, and whatever was left, I pretty much bought off of him. And then I've basically fiddled around a little bit. As soon as I got him, it's, oh, new shiny toy, i got to do something with this. <laughs> and I, So I started fiddling with it, and I got the first unit of horrors done. I did a couple of test models with some blood letters uh, that are in, and did a four spacing, and it's pretty cool. Oh. So... Um, so I've been doing that, and then uh, Gen Con. So I was at Gen Con, and that was a ton of fun. Sounds like you had a really good time. But uh, we just had a, a, another guest pop into the studio here, so why don't we go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Gen Con. We'll talk about whoever uh, the heck's here. Remaining our starts. We'll introduce our, <laughs> our new guest, who's going to be a new voice for the show, and then we'll kind of go from there, okay? Excellent. Let's do it. Yeah. 
we're back. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what that was. I'm not sure what that was either. <laughs> You're usually not that motivated. It's like it's something a little simple, whatever. So, hey, we are back. We, we have been joined by friend of the show, uh, local Warhammer uh, noob, and uh, may have you heard know, about a really him like cool guy. I mean, five minutes ago when I... <laughs> mentioned this blog post. Yep, we did talk. We did mention this blog post on the site. Um, Eric, uh, you want to tell folks about your, a little bit about yourself and how you got into Warhammer and in general nerddom? Yeah, no, please cut me off if I take too long. But uh, um, so I'm Eric. I'm Stone Monk. Okay, on the that's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're done. done. Let's, get, let's get back to the north and to us. All right, all right. Um, so I uh, actually found. I've known about Warhammer, Warhammer a long time, uh, but I'd never played it when I was young. So I've been playing it for maybe seven months now. Like real noob, like not even historically have any credit. <laughs> My street cred is low. But I, I started playing D and D again during the five E playtest stuff. Or what, the, what is this D and D thing? Yeah, exactly right. And I got into miniatures. Then I was playing kind of you know on a board and table with with some friends and. Kind of got into that, got into painting, and I was like, "That I'm kind of like this." And I was just looking at models. It starts, you know, it's that rabbit hole. You start going online, <laughs> looking at alternate models the, from the Reaper Bones or whatever. And the the Warhammer, um, the you know, models were just fantastic. And I just really looked at all the boxes, and the ogres just um, wowed me as far as uh, you know these these models. So I picked up some boxes or a box, and I was like, "Wow, should I should I look at the rules?" to it and then i did um so i kind of made that commitment that most people you know don't do and i had no plans whatsoever to play the game until i started putting them together and i just was like i want to put these on a table i want to want to charge them up against other things so uh, i reached out to the to pegasus where i bought the the models and showed me i think directed me towards the uh, warhammer fantasy battle uh forums the wisconsin ones and awesome. um and then yeah just kind of Posted, got connected. I tend to be a pretty outgoing person, so I wasn't too intimidated by, you know, <laughs> going out on my own and, and being a solo at, at an event. And got somebody volunteer to play their first game or my first game with me, and uh, I, I went up against uh, dwarves. Is that and, just at our local game night on Monday? Yep, just on a Monday night. Up? Uh, went up went up against dwarves. Is my first battle. Like and Kenny or no? It or was, was like Gordon. Um, no, it was a guy. It was a, a young guy. Oh, okay, I remember. I who remember hasn't his been name? A, yeah, he's in school. Every once in a while, he shows up for like yep. a month or a month and a half, and then just vanishes. Yeah. So and and so it just stars aligned. He was able to be there and and show me a few things, teach me the rules a little bit more. And uh, um, I lost, but you know, it still it was a lot of fun and really enjoyed the atmosphere. So nice. And then from there, I've just been hobbying like a, a madman, and and I can't get enough of it. So yeah, yeah I made mention of how you like busted out a whole yeah. painted army and everything already. <laughs> it's been I, pretty impressive. <laughs> All the work you've done so fast. I would say one of the things that uh, that's going well for me right now is I spent the last you know six years kind of building up my own. Like started off as a freelancer, working for myself, consulting, and I spent almost all my time on on business and growing you know this my job. And I'm finally at a place where I could take some time, and I actually kind of needed it. Do the rest of life. And so, so now I've got about four hours a night after uh, the, the the wife and kid go to bed, and I uh, just can't stop. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, that's me. That's that's that. Now, now I have at least one one person that stands outside for an hour after <laughs> Monday nights and yaps at me. 
about oh, yeah. various random things. <laughs> just you know, it's super cool. It's a you remember we I, I remember we, way we back used when to do that. Yeah, well, even the Denny's days. Oh yeah, we, we <laughs> which always led to very good mornings at school the next day. <laughs> I always yeah. felt sick the next morning. Well, but that was a lot of fun having the crew chatting forever. Yeah, you get but, five, six of us and end up yeah. going to Denny's for like good two hours afterwards. I've always been running out of there really quick lately, just trying to get home. Yeah. Well, yeah, you get there and you get try to get things set up so you can get a whole game in, you mm-hmm. know, in the four-hour time period. Because I think a lot of play, people are playing the big, you know, 2,000, 2,500 points. Yeah, usually. And then uh, you need some time to complain about, you know, <laughs> the stuff in the hobby and the rumors and the... You know, or or to get excited, so. all that stuff. See, see, you know, some people are paying attention a little more to the rumors, maybe this week, or uh, maybe there's you know hopes or dreams or something they like to see happen <laughs> event wise. You know, I like to try to since I since I feel in that role a little bit more. It's nice being able to have a little bit of chit chat afterwards yeah. to kind of you know with folks to Your, kind of figure out what they're looking for. You know, what do they want? One, you know, especially now that we have a really, a fairly, well, I shouldn't say a really big group. I mean, we have a regular group. We have a, we sure. have a nice size regular nice group size. that, you know, heck, you can go a couple months without playing the same person now. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yep. So, well, in my case, I might go for almost a month without playing a game <laughs> Monday nights because <laughs> yeah, it's so often we end up having odd, odd man outs and stuff. Well, that's something I've really appreciated, uh, Ben, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to have a hug fest right here right now because I think we might embarrass the audience. But uh, No, probably not. Um, Feed my ego, it's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, one of the things I mean, you do and others in the group do is make a real intention of making sure the group grows um, and uh, that there's a spot for everybody. So it's yeah. fantastic and... That's been great for me. So our, our goal is to have everybody play that shows up, and so uh, you know, if I'm sitting there waiting for somebody to show up till six thirty, seven o'clock, and they don't end up showing, you know, I'd at least at least we'd made the effort, and and everybody appreciates that. So let's uh, move on to this this sappy talk to reroute to, back to Gen Con. Yep, back to Gen Con. So uh, after the break, we were talking right before the break, we were getting into what we've been doing, and the big thing that I did, and we mentioned it on the previous show. Um, was that I was going to Gen Con. So if you don't know what Gen Con is, it's a the probably the the large one of the largest, if not the largest, gaming fair con- convention um, in the in at least in the states. Uh, or something like fifty thousand, I think, uh, fellow nerd like people there this year. It's kind of a big deal. And this was probably <laughs> our my group has went the last. I've been to Gen Con back when it was here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, and I've been to Gen Con in Indianapolis when it first moved there. And this is the third year now in a row. It's still after in India, taking right? a break. Yeah, it's in it's Indianapolis. Still, in uh, still at the Indiana Indiana Convention Center, which is just massive. And this was my you know, and then Gen Con is so big that it can't they can't fit it all in the in the, in the Indiana Convention Center. They actually end up taking like all the hotels that are adjoined to it. Wow. There are events going on in there. <clears throat> and this year was probably the first year I went out of my way to sign up for a lot more events at Gen Con. Usually um, and if you're your first, if it's your first year, you're gonna have there's such so much to do just in the exhibition hall, which is really should just be called the vendor hall. There's game demos, you know, people are trying to get you to buy product. There's retailers everywhere. It's you know, it's just it's basically as far as the eye a can football see. stadium. There was something <laughs> like twenty. There was something like three. So every row, so there was something like thirty aisles wow. of of vendors 
you know, say they number them by the hundreds, and they start at like 100, and I think they went all the way up to 3,000 this year. So 3,000? That's insane. Yeah, so 30 rows of, of vendors, and the rows are deep. You know, it's it's football field plus width. So at least probably 60, 60 to 70 yards deep and 30 rows with, you know, vendors, huge, you know, some of the bigger name vendors, you know, Mayfair, Fantasy Flight, um, you know, the bigger board game vendors will take up several booths, booths worth of space, but it's still cool to have, like, Games Workshop and Forge World and Cool Mini or Not, who is actually a little disappointed with this year, <clears throat> and uh, these other vendors that have so many more miniature games and stuff that you don't normally get to see in hand before you, like, you know, you can see it online, but you don't necessarily get to see it, but, you know, before you decide to purchase it as far as what's the real quality of the miniature, how does it really look? So that, that's always really nice with, with Gen Con. And they are, and it is big enough where Forge World actually comes to Gen Con. And it was great. So mm. that was one of my, we get there and our group goes on Fridays. That was one of my first things. My first missions was to, I only had like 30 minutes from when I got there and got my badge to run the vendor hall and take a quick peek in there. And I would recommend if it's your first time going to Gen Con, you should definitely spend more than 30 minutes in the vendor hall. You should your first your first hike should be don't spend a dime or you will be broke before you get to the <laughs> other end of it from one right. end to all it's literally that big, Man. and um, you know just walk the whole thing figure out where the vendors are that you want to check you know it's really good you have they they have maps of the vendor hall like where the booth numbers are and stuff so you can literally mark on your map like okay this vendor has this really good deal on this this vendor has this really good deal on this. You know, have your map so that when you go back the second time, you can kind of direct your traffic, direct and go where you want to spend your money, and make make up your mind on those deals. Making wise choices, Ben, is that what you're promoting? I, I actually did that this year. <laughs> what do you um, mean? And it and it helped. But the first, self restraint. My first mission was to hit Forge World, and um, I never I've never owned a Forge World model, and so I came back with Elsbeth on the the Carbine Dragon. Which is just an awesome model. You actually picked that up, or yeah, it's, I thought, oh, it's downstairs. I, thought, I know you said you ordered stuff too. Yep. But. I got Elsbeth. They had a, a, a limited edition Chaos Dwarf Sorcerer. It was a convention only model, mm -hmm. which I think they still had even on Sunday. Still plenty of them to buy. They didn't have like almost anything else left for fantasy that I wanted, but uh, by Sunday, but they had this little limited edition Chaos Dwarf Sorcerer. So I picked him up. Uh, with the hopes that either I will someday do a Chaos Dwarf Army, and this is my only way of getting my hands on this limited edition <laughs> model, or that um, Five years I will sell it for two or three price. years from now <laughs> I'll sell it for thirty bucks and make my money back. But uh, and then I got I since I had the demons, I've been eyeballing what do I want for I'm going to do a Slanesh Zinch themed army, and I wanted a the, the Keeper of Secrets that's currently out by Games Workshop. I think it's it's just it's not any bigger, really, than the current Demon Prince, Demon Prince and that's not cool enough for me. That's it's the not, Slanesh I want, one, is you know, the Keeper of Secrets, yep, the, right? The Keeper of Secrets, yep. And so I looked at the Forge World, I looked at started looking at Forge World model, and I looked at other alternates, and I decided I wanted to go with the Forge World Keeper. And so I, I like, first thing, I'm like, do you have the Keeper of Secrets? I'm like, no, we don't have one in stock, but we can go ahead and order it for you, and we'll go ahead and get your free shipping all the way from the UK to you. And it's just this one model. And it was the only model I wanted extra. So, that's awesome. That was a great way to get free free shipping. Of course, then I came back and I got bit by the Forge World bug, and I think in a couple of weeks I'm going to put in an order for like, 
you know, I, I just bought, I was just going through the website, like click, 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 click. Okay, well, that's almost two hundred and fifty bucks worth of order. Fantastic. <laughs> it doesn't take long. Hey, you got free shipping on that one though. Yeah. So, so well, I'll get free shipping on the next one too because I'll probably oh. rack up that much money. Right, right. So it doesn't no, take long. Darryl. They did like a cool like three pack of uh, command models for the dwarf for dwarves, oh, dwarves for stuff. night goblins. Um, they got a couple of command models, special cool ones for the orcs that I'm going to want. Cool. Um, they've got a great deal right now for Monstrous Arca- uh, Arcanum and um, Tamarcon. You can buy them as a bundle, and it's like the cost of I hear one that, of those yeah, books. Yeah, you save a lot on that. So there's uh, yeah. some, like the giant the giant squig and some other. There's just a bunch of cool, cool it's all cool models that, there, I, that I'd like to pick up and some dragons and whatever. I mean, I could just spend a lot of money there. All their greater demons are freaking phenomenal. Uh, but it, it doesn't take long. Forge World stuff is definitely at a premium price. For a premium model, though, that's for sure. Yeah, you definitely get you definitely get a rate model. And, and as a miniatures gamer, I can, sometimes, it, you know, I've, I've, we've definitely made reference. I mean, people can complain about the prices all the time, but as a miniatures gamer, uh, if the model is cool enough and you, and you like it enough, you know, it doesn't really necessarily always matter what the price tag is. You're just gonna. That's something I want as a collector. You gonna remember that when we start talking about Nagash? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe he doesn't like it. So that, that's, we'll find out. That's one. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll, we'll foreshadowing. <laughs> so other things that I did at Gen Con. So right away that Friday, I did a, a sculpting class, and I don't remember the gentleman's name, and I, I should have for my notes. I have my notes downstairs from it. But it was just a kind of a beginner's guide to sculpting with green stuff. And this guy, the <laughs> first thing he does, he he's a Golden Demon winner. He's uh, commissioned sculpting. He does a lot of sculpting for folks for you know special models for their 40k armies and stuff. And he's showing a couple of his commission pieces that he's working on. He shows and passes them around. And holy cow, just like completely, <laughs> completely from scratch, you wow. know, models, not just like doing shoulder pads or guns or no. something like that the whole model from from scratch look you know just as just as good and high quality as anything you go buy right now and you know from their plastic kits so and then he did and you know you've heard about some of these classes where they, they'll teach a class and they they'll kind of only focus on you know this person maybe only really talks to a few guys that seem like they're extra competent the people that aren't really really competent can tend to get ignored. This guy did yourself. a great job of of <laughs> helping everybody and really explaining and teaching us really good stuff. And he had like a packet. You got sculpting tools. You got a big thing of green stuff to keep. Wow. Um, it was like forty five bucks or something like that for the course. But you got all these tools. You got all of the all of the this material. And he really spent a lot of time in the things that he taught us how to do during the class. Like he had us make a feather. He had us make a, a purity seal. So if you're familiar with chaos or with that chaos, with even a, I don't know if chaos marines have purity. No, they wouldn't have purity seals. Uh, the regular space marines would have have purity seals or like basically ribbons uh, that are on oh, there. They're like the I got wax it. Yeah. stamp with yeah, the paper off of it. Paper on it, and then he did. Uh, and then he showed us how to do uh, chain. Hmm. Um, which was, you know, when he showed it to us, I'm like, chain would be really, I would think, really hard to do, and I would just buy jeweler's chain. But this was really easy to do, honestly, and turns out some pretty decent looking chain. It's only on the one side, you end up with a flat other side, so yeah, you have to sure. sculpt both sides, and I think getting that right might be a trick. But I thought my chains looked pretty cool, and I've already incorporated doing, putting some chains on, and made some chains here at home to 
put into my demons army and it's I've, a whole new world. Yeah, I've got some. There's a bunch of other stuff he taught us. You know, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm gonna for like my next horror unit. I'm gonna actually sculpt my own banner. Wow. So there'll be like some of the some parts will still be stockman. I think the actual cloth banner since I I, I want to have something that looks different than the stock models. Yeah. Um, nice. For the Zinch banner, I'm gonna do that, and we'll see where it goes. And I'm looking forward to being able to pass on some of these basic stuff to other folks and hopefully, you know, here locally and help. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to be bugging you about that. Help up our, our, yeah, our hobby skills. I was interested to see what you found out, so it's good to hear about it. I've been doing a lot of sculpting lately, but I'm completely winging it, so it's always good to learn some yeah, no, tips I've, and tricks. And, and stuff, I but. wasn't really good at it before, and I'm still not great, but it definitely opened up. It was like, ah, here's the lights, you know, like, <laughs> really? Really? And, oh, I, here's some extra tools that I didn't have in my toolbox before, that I and, and definitely some hints and tips on other tools that he uses on a regular basis that you know maybe you want to go pick up. These are the tools you got in the class. Here's some other tools he showed us and how they can be used. So definitely was really awesome, and I would strongly recommend this. The, it was like a beginner's for sculpting. I think he teaches it at Adepticon, and I'll get I'll make sure I put up links to all the material in the in the someplace on the website at some point. Whether it's with the show notes or, or with a separate blog, I always say I'm going to put them up in the show notes, and then I tends like by the time I get done with the show, <laughs> I forgot about it. By the time I'm done with the edit, um, Sunday, uh, Saturday, I did True Dungeon for the first time. We did two sessions of that, and we did a, a course to teach us kind of how to do True Dungeon. Um, if it's your first time doing this, True Dungeon's basically this. It's loosely based on D and D 3.5, but they have like. You have like slider boards or shuffle boards almost for like combat, and you you have like a picture of a monster down on the whatever you're fighting on the on the far end, and you have to roll, you have to slide your your little chit with your weapon down down the shuffle board to see where you hit on the monster, to see where what you roll and where what you roll is roughly orientated like a twenty might be a headshot on an orc, hmm. you know, hmm. and then uh. Hmm. And then, like, if spellcasters have to tell or tell their tell the DM that's in the room what you know what they're casting Magic for the round, um, <laughs> I ended up being a cleric. Darkness. Which honestly, you need to. I, I feel like walking away this year in, in True Dungeon. It's a ten-player party. You really need two healers. Your party absolutely, at the bare minimum, has to have a cleric. But really, you need a cleric and druid. The druid was a little bit easier, I thought, to play. So you like set up your party with like friends or whatever you're going with. Yeah, they okay. well, ten people. Yeah, ten people buy tickets for mm-hmm. a, a timed session. You show up and I got it. you have like you have all these little or like poker coins almost with you know stickers on them with various weapons and what mm-hmm. they do. You know, all from three point five, and they every year is kind of themed as to where the where the dungeons are and they do like every four or five years they run like it's like a uh, like a small campaign oh, really? so if you keep going every year for four or five years and in each in each adventure even for that year so they had two two adventures i think this year that they had one was apparently last year uh you you got on a uh zeppelin the party got on a zeppelin and they were heading towards to rescue some dwarves and the zeppelin crashed Oh, and no. so the mission one this year, or the first one, the next continuation of that was locating the the wrecked Zephyr and and uh, getting through it, react, repowering it back up, and then uh, managing to fight off some wyverns at the very end and get into the last room and 
and, <laughs> and, and get to the where the dwarves this this place where the vi- the this viper's pit where the dwarves were and then you go through the viper's pit um which was the next adventure if you signed up for both of them and um at the end of the viper's pit you end up chasing after this uh dark elf so hmm. i think we're really cool i thought the first one we did a they have also the so they have these two adventures, and then you have they they do like a they, each one they do a combat orientated one, and they do a puzzle orientated one. The puzzle orientated one, there's almost no combat. It doesn't really matter what you have for gear too much, but uh, I, that's where almost everything like everything you're doing, if you make a mistake, it sets off a trap, or you do and you take a little damage or whatever. So it's definitely that was really useful to have you know extra healer there. Unfortunately, we didn't in that one, and that was a big mistake on our part. But in the combat-orientated stuff, it's just really good to have a good sequence of making sure when you get that sh- that slide, they pull out the slider board um, after you've walked in the room, and that you make sure that you get you know every you get your four or five combat guys, and they're up there, and they just go up there, bing, 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 so you can get as many combat rounds as hmm. you can in on whatever it was, and it was really cool in the combat-orientated one because they had this giant like animate uh, animated golem in one of the rooms <laughs> that. It, it was, you know, the, the lower torso was still kind of planted over there, but they had like a switch on it, and you could flip this when you walk in the room, and nothing, it wasn't moving or anything like that. And of course, if you, like, well, ah, let's flip the switch and see what happens. <laughs> and then, like, all they bonked one of our, our players right in the head when, they, when it activated. And as, he jumped, dungeon, as he jumped back. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and then they pulled off the shuffleboard, and we had to fight this thing, and it had, like, it had a ridiculous amount of hit points. And if you it's didn't get on it and get, like, four, three or four rounds of combat in, you weren't going to kill this thing. And you'd be surprised, and you only have 12 minutes in each room, you'd be surprised how quick those 12 minutes go when you're trying to figure out what's going on, and then the GM decides who he's attacking and does combat back. Is there a cave-in and then you die after 12 minutes? Or what uh, you, you Eventually, you pass at 12 minutes, you pass the room, but something horrible. If you don't beat okay. it, yeah, something, something horrible will happen. And it. then at the end of the room, at the end of each dungeon, you get a, like a little code based on whether you succeeded or not. And you can punch that in on their website, and you eventually, you you as your own player, even if you play other classes and whatever, get experience and gain levels. And as you gain levels, you get certain bonuses, such as um, once you reach third level, when you walk into, when it's time to pick characters, you get to choose, um, you get priority on choosing which character you want to be, <laughs> rather than everybody kind of deciding. You just get to you know, like if you want to be the the dwarf barbarian, you know, dwarf fighter, then yep, you're the dwarf fighter. I gotcha. So like this year we and it was kind of nice this year. We so both groups I was in was like all newbie players or fairly new players. They hadn't been through it very much, been through it maybe once or twice, and we were new players. So it was all you know we were all pretty much on the same level as far as the understanding and how to do things, and that was a great time. I thought it was fun. There was definitely some cool stuff. Yeah, could it have been cooler? Yeah, they definitely could have done more. But some like like, like when, when you'd have a costumed actor come into a room or something like that, like the Medusa was. Oh, you looked into my eyes. Make a saving throw. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're running. So everybody's that's running cheap. around. That was like cheap. this, like this, you know, this gorgeous girl is running around <laughs> in like this, not a lot of clothes on, 
and you're like having to like, oh, what are you cover up your eyes, your eyes <laughs> so you don't. So, you, so she's and she's running around. She's like purposely trying to stick her face in your face and <laughs> trying to get you to look at her, and you're like trying to bat your eyes away. It was like completely opposite of what you know, would be instinctual. Let's put right. it that way. Like I'm stoned. I'm just stuck here, dude. <laughs> so two questions about the mechanics there. One. Like, is the shuffleboard mechanic there so that there's not, like, people poking each other's eyes out with actual swords or throwing things? Yeah, it's not LARPing. It's just... uh, So it just kind of keeps it low. And then second question, do you think someone who's recently been on a cruise and played shuffleboard would have an advantage in this scenario? (laughs) Not necessarily, because they certain... The shuffleboards they they, they arrange... Some of them might have a rougher texture, so it's harder oh, really? to get harder to toss That's it down that makes to make sense, the though. monster. Yeah. Maybe the monster's a little more difficult, ah. um, or it might be, or it might be uh, waxed up really smooth <laughs> so that it goes down there really fast, and you don't yeah. know when you walk in the room. Hit oh, yourself cool. in the head or something. Well, they do give you like a little. Pra- they do give you a practice room to kind of practice in once you've picked your classes and equipped your character. You can go in and pre- you can go into this, this special room and and do stuff and Fun. and practice and like spell casting the like the druid when you cast a spell like okay I'm gonna cast this healing spell on somebody there's like a good there's a normal version and a stronger version and they'll ask you okay identify this leaf and you be like okay that's this okay you get the stronger version of the spell and the cleric would have the cleric was the worst because <laughs> you had they gave you beads and you had to try to remember all, all these little beads were like and there was like 14 or 15 beads and it was just <laughs> terrible but i managed i managed the only one i remember like the first the first dungeon through that they asked me the beads twice two it was two different rooms and on both rooms i got it right and it was both the same be- the gm asked for the same bead and i happened to, that was like, the only <laughs> one i actually knew what it was <laughs> so that's so yeah, um, really good. Then, like I said, I my Sunday, I, I we went back on Sunday, which is kind of the sun we usually take off in the morning on Sunday. And we, since I had no time to shop, um, I went back on Sunday and picked out like all my venues that I wanted to go and and uh, like Got I hit up all. Yeah, bought way too many board games and expansions <laughs> to board games. I think we walked away with seven brand new games plus expansions to stuff. Wow. So and then uh, the, as far as board games. And then I should note Saturday I tried out Malifaux. I actually I got you really a demo. Liked that, you were saying. I really liked it. I liked it so much that I bought a brand new Malifaux crew, a brand which <laughs> a brand new a brand new Neverborn crew and a bunch of extra bottles for Neverborn that I thought were really awesome, which got me over the hundred dollar price mark. So I got the giant Gen Con exclusive teddy bear Neverborn model. <laughs> and and uh and now it now it will probably sit and not get played. <laughs> oh, maybe you can scrap some games up somewhere. So yeah, that, that took a lot longer than probably I thought about half a show here. Yeah, I think so. I think we're we're already <laughs> halfway into the show. And we haven't even hit our main topic. Rumors, upcoming releases. What's happening? I what, guess we mentioned this, it before. What's this? What's this new model? These new models coming the out. End Eric? times. Are you talking about uh, Nagash and his crew? His that might be crew? what we're talking about. <laughs> it seems to be a pretty big deal in the Warhammer world. What can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, what's what's I think been effective is that we've been starving for a few months. Uh, yeah, it probably has a lot to do with you know with a lot of fantasy releases. Yeah, so the 40k stuff's been they've pouring been out, busting that out since the release of the latest edition, and so you know, and there's rumors which one's gonna be next. People, yeah. So Nagash, um, I, who I'm, is this Nagash guy? 
being the new guy, I don't. I haven't read a lot of the background fluff. What, Mister Undead? Uh, Mister Undead, and I don't play can, any Undead, can, which now I'm really us? jealous of. All if that. you're asking me, um, he was slightly before my time. I started right after he was no longer a thing because the VC and Tomb King split. But he is like the master necromancer. Like all undeath lore is centered around this Nagash guy from Nehekara, and he was more or less like the best necromancer ever. He has like the I think it's seven books in a gash, or is it nine or something? Nine. Maybe it's nine books yeah, in a gash. Like so he was like the master necromancer. He did like the super spell that made all the undead, the Tomb Kings, be the Tomb Kings. They're all undead and, because of him. And created the vampire colonies. Yeah, and yeah, created the vampires. So, so he's, that he's all kind started of the, with this dude. I don't remember how he was like defeated. He's the Abraham. Of <laughs> so the undead. It was like Cetra, I believe. Fought him. And I know it was a huge. Got him back like, to his like back back to his fortress and I think like a scaven assassin or whatever, like hacked yeah. him up or something. I maybe that was all the arcane or something. What? I don't remember. I would have had to like. There, but he's back. I, I did read something about but yeah, yeah scaven coming. All back of his together. bits and pieces are back together, and he's here to destroy the world. I guess so. <laughs> if if you remember his old the old Nagash model, it ICP. was. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it was one of the one of the more it's a really gaudy, atro- atrocious models of <laughs> and the he's time. very big, but and was just it's gigantic. pretty corny. Yeah. He's pretty clowny looking. He's been called. I think I, I read that the, the sculptor who, who made that had put out a different head in the and the decision makers up above were like, no, 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 we want a skull. So yeah. he put out something that he didn't think that they would mm. approve. And they did, and so it was kind of yeah. Like, that's too bad to do. It's like here's the one I actually want. Here's some other bullcrap to <laughs> submit. <laughs> Steer you back towards it's this. like oh, what is this happening? So, but anyway, anyway, what do you think now? This the new Nagash model is officially available for pre-order. Yep, this week, along with a couple of books. Yeah, the big um, Nagash, the book. big Nagash book, which is really a two-book set, one fluff, one rules, so that you can actually play with Nagash. This seems to be like some a other new campaign units. kind of thing. Campaign slash, I mean, I think the Return of Nagash is definitely orientated. I'm sure there's campaign type rules in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen it necessarily. There's a new magic lore, the lore of undeath. Um, and we really haven't seen officially what that is. What that? Yeah, what I did pick happening. up the um, White Dwarf and read the battle report, and it did have uh, the first. The, what they had was Nagash starts off against i don't i couldn't they didn't say how many points but i mean it's like a four thousand it was like him by himself again it was him by himself versus tomb Tomb kings Kings, and there's like eight lords or eight heroes in that army Mm -hmm. yeah um this whole battle report but they don't actually like give you any rules because the book isn't out yet no (laughs) so So, but certainly the undead allows him to pull up some he used a lot of vc um you know units yeah he has like an army of undeath thing going or something yeah. like that so it's kind of a combined force uh, tomb king undead and some tomb king undead and mostly like vampire counts stuff. supposedly and, yeah, and he raises we've seen he, a lot of new models coming out for him yeah. too some when he, disciples or whatever they're called yeah and champions yes yeah, this lore of undeath when you cast spells rather than raising models back in units or adding two units or even generating a specific unit he's raising points of units in creating new point yeah. new units and stuff like that. I mean, like he's that, the ultimate totally. necromancer or whatever, so yeah, he has some kind of raising spell that's like it kind of crazy how much he can actually bring to life in yeah. one casting or whatever. Yeah. And I've seen a lot, like, he can choose this, he's like a level five wizard, and he chooses like nine spells from like whatever lore he wants almost or something like that, and he all automatically knows the rise spell or whatever. 
But yeah, a lot of it's still up in the air. It's all just rumors because it's not really confirmed because yeah. the book isn't out yet. Supposedly so. coming in at a fine points price of one of he should be somewhere a around a thousand points. I think he was exactly a thousand. Rumors, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of spoiler pictures around that have been leaked on so, the internet. Yep. That, what is that? And so I think right away, a thousand points for a character. We're you know as awesome as Nagash is, as cool as Nagash is, and I'm you know I'm super stoked for Nagash coming back. I've <laughs> I do like. Yeah, there's other things that I'm. I will comment that I'm. I'm not really fluff wise here. Excited about, about him. Fluff wise, yeah. Nagash is one of the, like we've been waiting for Nagash for you know that we remember him from way back when with before they broke the undead book mm-hmm. and made the Tomb King and the VC army separate I, entities. I'm slight like I don't know. Like I said, I never was involved with Nagash originally, so I wasn't like. I'm not really crazy about it, and I'm kind of sad. I feel like he's stolen. Monfred's mojo <laughs> like Monfred was just being a big BA and now he ends up like bringing Nagash back so it's all about Nagash now and when's Monfred's day in the not the spotlight <laughs> I guess because he's a vampire <laughs> but, well it's what's well, kind of cool you know kind of I've not experienced like a big change in the Warhammer world again yeah but what's kind of cool is seeing that you know what something's changed and now I'm seeing you have kind of like a loyalty to your army, and that's always a cool thing in the in the hobby is when people just really get into their own armies and kind of you know it, mm-hmm. it's it's cool to, even the frustrated side of you know what <laughs> my guy's actually still a badass you can't uh, yeah I'm interested like uh, there is like those three characters it's probably gonna be Neferata, Monfred, and uh, Archon. Archon coming out riding on some beast thing so I'm interested to see if you can field them in like a regular VCU army or something like that well, how this all pans out because maybe yeah. that's a pretty cool Monfred definitely it'd be cool to play so definitely I mean Archon you can field Archon normally but just, just now you can't field him on this whatever he's mounted yeah, on he's that's, on not, an beast, the, that's not an option that's not an option in their, so. their Tomb King thing but every Tomb King player that can field a special character is familiar with Archon because yeah. he's pretty much the best thing you can bring yeah <laughs> but anyway I'm interested to see how it all plans out what what do you think about the new Nagash model I guess we kind of sidelined into the, the fluff of it but I really think the new model is awesome. Uh, the the way the spirity ghost things are kind of circling up and flowing around him, the way he's kind of levitating in the air, uh, the bits the bits on the model, I you know both have hints towards vampire counts, but there's also like that Nihikara Tomb King look to some of the iconography, like uh-huh. his staff and his some of the other other little bits on the model, like kind of like. This guy definitely seems like he's that missing that old that missing link between the two armies. Yeah, I think they went pretty true to his old goofy self. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of other versions of Nagash, but he's still like a big, huge uh, skull face dude, and his head kind of seems disproportionate to his body because he has a huge like crown hat thing on still, but. His actual face looks really tiny compared to tiny his body. <laughs> New model. I really like how they stylized it with using like the actual model to get this guy flying rather than just like a peg up his butt or something. So that's really <laughs> that's really cool. You, know, you can't take and, the guy seriously if he's got a <laughs> flying base up his butt. And I'm, I don't know. I'm really excited to see somebody paint this guy well because I don't know what GW is doing with their paint jobs, but I think they all look awful lately. Uh, I've said that many times before, but I don't think this is one's as bad as, it's as not some of as the other bad, ones I've seen. But yeah, the model can look a lot cooler if he's painted different. <laughs> yeah, I think so, there's a lot of room for. So, Eric, what do you think of this guy? 
I'm I'm very excited by it. Um, I picked up the Tree Man kit when it came out. I was really excited uh, when I saw that one. And, and then and, you realized the rules were bad? <laughs> well, I actually just <laughs> refocused back on Ogres. Um, uh, but uh, I think, I mean, I'm very excited for it. I think these it is an epic model. Like, it, it um, if you were to have a centerpiece, and you think of this new rule set as kind of just a, another game of, type of game of Warhammer, and, you know, you know, you pick up any game off of the shelf, and there's centerpieces to it, and there's character to it. I mean, this is a character at the centerpiece of a new game, and I think it kind of lives up to it. I think that it's pretty exciting when you see, I mean, all that stuff floating around, the nine <laughs> books kind of up in the, you know, in the in the ethereal stuff, and so it's super epic. I think it lives up to the hype, um, in especially in the context of all other models on the board. I mean, there's some. I think the undead in general have some of the coolest models. The VC have some pretty sweet just epic models but i think this just is up a level for sure <laughs> so that gets us to the the one thing that i i'm gonna be uh, i'm a little this is the thing i this model is really cool i'm super i'm super excited for nagash coming back what's up with this price tag <laughs> <laughs> yeah we haven't mentioned that it's a little a hundred and five dollars for yeah. a single character model that he is big you so. will not be able to use in tournament gaming you will not be able to use in a lot of your pickup games because I can already see folks going no I don't want to play against that no I don't I want to just play normal Warhammer yeah I feel I mean like there's like with all the rumors and stuff i'm kind of annoyed with how people are talking like oh it's all game changing and stuff like that that's because it's kind of like a separate campaign game i mean it's like a different style of warhammer so it's going to be kind of like a whatever storm of magic game it's going to i mean it's a different game it's not going to be a regular warhammer game so it's not going to be like in every tournament and stuff like that like you're saying so unfortunately how often you're going to have nagash on the table is kind of an odd thing to pay that much for him which is i'm curious if he's going to be like a limited release and after a little while you won't be able to get him anymore yeah which might make more sense i mean you still can get like the old storm of magic stuff so i don't know that's true and it's uh 85 dollars for the rule book the two book supplement which is yeah the the it's two books together it's very similar to the way they did the looks uh, like a really nice book so that seems really reasonable yeah one book of supposedly full fluff one book of new rules that can cover nagash all of these new units how to do this undeath army um how to handle the character points allotments to so that you can manage to get nagash in in a quasi normal size game um but it's more Mm -hmm. of a campaign direction now i mean the first thing i see when i hear about a character that's this many points and this many miles. I want to try to figure out how do I get this guy on the table. How do I make? How do I give him a game that's going to be uh, epically deserving of what this guy really probably is? And so I'm already churning through in my head uh, of uh, let's do uh, undead versus the world uh-huh. mega battle where we get like two where we can get all winners. We have a pretty good chunk of tomb kings and VC armies. Here in the Madison area, to we have a lot of you everybody know, else to take on everybody else. <laughs> we'll get into Gash on the board, you know. Yeah, that's what I think about. I feel like I don't have enough undead to justify the Nagash <laughs> on the table well, I think myself. Too, so it really if you, takes a if you buy the model in the book and you and you just play one game, you're probably not going to yeah. be satisfied. I th- I think that if you could, 
I don't know. I almost see it something like let's get one well, copy of it for the group. <laughs> I think it's really like a campaign oriented thing yeah. too. I guess I mean it'll be really cool when all the stuff when the book actually is available yep. and we'll hear what all this stuff is because it's all just up in the air right now. But like the Sigmar's blood thing was all just like a storyline campaign, and I mean it's really just playing through that story and that's it. So yep. I think this will be kind of similar to that, but. I imagine there must be some kind of list building there too. So it'd be pretty crazy if Nagash was his own, like the whatever the undead undead army would be, like its own variant. Yeah, that'd be that, pretty cool to be w- something new. Yeah, that would be cool. There's always been this talk about maybe in ninth edition going back to these combined army books, and maybe this is our first look at them going back in when we get when we get the supplement out where they're going back and really doing a combined army book for. Uh, Tomb Kings and VC in this. I we don't know yet. We don't know mm-hmm. enough about what's in this book to really truly judge what's going on. Now, hopefully, um, hopefully this isn't like a full replacement to those books, no, and now I you have to buy so. this eighty-five dollar set. But if if that's the direction they're going to go, and in future releases, here's your eighty-five dollar box set, but you get rules for three ar- three full armies in it. And they and how they can be intertwined a little bit, so that you're like, oh hey, here's our Wood Elf Bretonia Empire release or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, and here's how you intertwine these these armies so yeah. that you could take some units from each or whatever to build yeah. your. I'm okay with that. I don't know. I'm not sure about the grouping together stuff. It sounds like a whatever, like a different kind of power gaming thing. It's like okay, now you can. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> as but long that, as it's within reason. What I, think I I'll like be happy, about. But these alternate rules and alternate changes is you can really take it or leave it. What's yeah. nice is if you really want to try it out and play it, you can. And even like people who go off on the, Oh, ninth, ninth edition. I don't want to leave it. Like you never actually have to stop playing eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I know there's sort of still stuff. people that play like sixth and yeah, stuff. You so, know? but I don't know. I see most of this is just like its own separate thing. So like, I'm not even thinking about like what all this means for like the future of Warhammer sure. besides like the story. So as far as rules, I'm going to wait till something actually happens. I'm just excited to but... line up my ogres and have Nagash on the other side of the table. I'm... <laughs> well, somebody's going to have to drop and, the and then, and then you And then you put <laughs> two, can- and then you take two sky Titan cannons and your first cannonball <laughs> hits wounds, six wounds, second cannonball hits wounds, four wounds, take them off. <laughs> um, oh look you haven't had a turn yeah which yeah. is the other problem here you have a thousand point ca- character and we are in the age of cannon hammer yeah um which i know cannons aren't you know we, we say this okay cannons aren't as great as what i think the internet makes them all out to it's not as automatic as what i just yeah. said but there are games like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take this lord on dragon first cannonball I mean, we just had that with our. We did that with that Triumph and Treachery game, that three player, three K Triumph and Treachery player game we did with Kenny, what, uh, six, eight, six, eight months ago here. You know, okay, first cannonball he fires at my Lord on Dragon, my Dark Elf Lord on Dragon. Oh, that Hits one. Lord, hits <laughs> Dragon, kills the Lord, kills the Dragon. Poof, there went. I don't know. I think like it would be 700, you know, victory points. Slightly point. reasonable. <sighs> If they just weren't both hit, I mean that's yeah. like the biggest issue. But 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 it's just you know it's the same scenario here with yeah. this guy. It's one cannonball. It's a thousand points of army. That's a huge deficit. Even if you're playing a four or five point five k game, yeah, for that's like a huge three dice chunk. rolls to yep. figure out if after my last couple of games, uh, game. Nick, our uh, Empire player, said I should uh, sculpt a sniper scope on the top of my. Iron Blaster. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty corny how it's working right now, but 
I don't know. It is what it is. Yep. So, all right. Uh, I guess you can play around that. We'll, we'll see other new kits coming. Obviously, we mentioned those. Yep. And new rules, and hopefully, some. Hopefully, there's a little bit more uh, stuff coming out of this. I think we've covered it pretty well. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're we're running a little long on this, so it looks like this episode is going to be a little bit longer than normal. But uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll be back after the break. We are back. So we are. <laughs> Me too. Are you sure? We're all here? Yep. All right. Okay, so <laughs> army popularity. What makes an army popular? That is it. Like, I kind of was approaching this as more of a question. Like, I have some ideas to it, but it's always kind of baffled me why this army is a lot more prevalent than that. And, like, a lot of armies are deemed, like, the popular armies, for sure, as far as what I see. So what do you guys think about that? Like, you do think we generally have some armies that more are more popular than others, right? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I mean, you look at... I think some of this is uh, regional, too, um, as far as popularity. It seems like... Yeah, it um, can probably be narrowed down. You know, if you look at, like, our local region here in Madison, dwarves seem to be just insanely popular. We have... Uh, Do you think there are four people that are just that's what they play? Hmm. Five, I think we have is... five, five of our like twenty-ish normal guys that are, have dwarfs. Is that more of a coincidence that so many people are playing them, or do you think it's really that dwarfs are that popular? I do think dwarfs are probably I think, myself. I think dwarfs are pretty popular. I think army. regionally that's that's popular because like in when I went out to San Francisco, too. the dwar- they're like dwarfs. Nobody feels these things. But yeah, tournaments up in the Midwest here, there's usually. A fair amount of yeah. dwarf players. Even even in between books, after a book's been out for a while, it's yeah dwarfs. Seen, and seen now the, they do have a pretty good book running. I think helps the popularity quite a bit. But so Eric, what do you think? What makes you know what you know? Obviously, you you chose ogres. Yeah, you were just talking yeah. about and, how you and were now you and now you seem to have new army ADD. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually been impressed with myself. Not I picked up a little bit of some other ones um, just to kind of. Just to play with the models. Buy them all. <laughs> and I think at some point that'll probably be a goal of mine. But the first thing for me was was certainly the quality of the model. Um, you know, having character to it, but being a, a really good sculpt. And I know that the ogres are, I mean, a bit Ugly. older, right? They're 2011? Um, well, the basic uh, troop is pretty that. old, but yeah. a lot of the characters are fairly new. And I actually like the basic troop better than the characters. 2011 already? I, uh, they were that seems pretty older old. than that. Really? Because they came out. They were the book was 2011, I think. The book was 2011, but the really? the, the ogre army as itself well, that first book came out yeah, back. in... that was a long time ago. Yeah, but so I was just talking about those. But the, current, the newer models, the current bull scopes, sculpts, the bulls and the iron guts, like just those, that, were, those that, have been well, the original that's, ones. Yeah, for those a have been the original actually. since and, like oh five or six for whatever or reason they they stand up like they. And I think some of it is the size that you can get cram a lot of detail in there, and they've just got a good character to them. Um, uh, so that was some of it was just seeing something that just struck you, right? So that was something for me. As I listen to a lot of pop, other podcasts, um, the tournament scene definitely has an influence on popularity too. I think um, you know, and but it seems like that evolves as one army kind of rises and becomes popular. To everybody plays it, other players try and figure out the you know, the counter to that army, and then yeah, that one becomes kind of popular. General thing of any game, I mean, right. whatever, play thing, well, I can't even think of the strategies come and go, and that's kind of the same yeah. thing for the power and strengths of armies. I mean, 
you get a new thing that's like the new hotness and then you eventually figure out how to beat that and something else comes up to take the slot of kind of the new harder thing to beat because mm. i mean once you're playing it that much you're going to figure it out and it is kind of cool that you were talking about how much you like the ogres because ogres do seem to be a pretty popular army i think they have a lot of things going for them as far as what makes them popular it seems like I don't like a lot of people say it's like the low model count. You get a lot of like bang sure. for your buck when it comes to ogres. But I think by the time people start like actually collecting everything, you end up spending just as much as you would <laughs> on any other army. I mean, Absolutely. it's like sure you can get your minimum army going yep. for maybe a little less or something like that. But once you want all the toys and stuff like that, I mean, it's yeah. just like any regular army. Well, it's I think it's too is uh, particularly ogres. It's not the lower model count also comes into not maybe just always just cost time but and effort. The but time yeah. and effort you have to to get the army to the table. It's a lot different. Okay, why don't you see heaps and gobs of Skaven armies, which <laughs> for a long time and even today are you know when can be played very well and can be extremely competitive on the tournament scene and the reason you don't see that as like okay well why isn't this why doesn't this hundred player tournament have 15 skaven players well it's because i think a big portion of that's you got to collect 250 300 models yeah and paint them and that's a pretty big grind to go into as a like a for your first choice or any choice of going into an army it's like i'm gonna have to paint how many of the same guy <laughs> kind of thing yeah. i mean we're painting skaven slaves there's, or stuff like there's that o- there's only so many ways you can <laughs> change the way that model is positioned yep um and, and event and then you're like okay well i'm just painting the same brown and <laughs> right because that's even hard when you're painting like a whole army painting the you know your same color scheme over and over even if it is a different model but i know i've got that many of the same model <laughs> not only do i have like 250 night goblins painted i have now like 150 skaven painted so yep. <laughs> when but, i think with fantasy there's a one thing i mean you, elves dwarves are going to always be popular because that's iconic fantasy i mean some of the sure the hobbit stuff the lord of the ring stuff pushes us that way I think orcs are. I was just going to mention orcs. I think super iconic, you know, orcs. and they're they're pretty big push from GW. I think the orcs. The green they, they're skins. one of the one of the most popular armies Games Workshop has ever produced and always yeah. produces. That's why you usually see them fairly early in the I think in the release cycles because of that popularity. So that's more of like a flavor kind of yeah. that gives is driving the popularity. And, and if for you're these getting guys. into fantasy for the first time, you're going to be a little bit drawn to what's familiar and what like you already have some story in the back mm-hmm. of your head. I guess one question I would have is, what's everybody's second army? Like, would that be a, a popularity thing, too? Like, once you get in the game... And you understand yeah. the mechanics, you know. Yeah, what, <laughs> where, do, where do people go, even if that local game, you know, it's your local area? I think a lot of times that drives towards, like, the play style. I mean, a lot of times people are kind of... You always talk about how you started with your dwarves, and then when you started switching to the dark elves, it was like, holy crap, it was like a whole new game for you. From yeah, playing the dwarfs. That, that was so long ago, though, too, that there I didn't have any idea of a ter- tournament scene or, you know, the decision for the second army was pretty much made. I already had it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't It wasn't something like I was going out and buying. We were already buying it for my wife. Sure. So it was like, oh, I have this sitting here, and I like Dark Elves, too, so I'll just play them. So it, that, that was a little bit of an unnatural progression there. Um, I would honestly... I don't know what my my next army. My next army I chose. I don't even remember what it was, was it after that. Then? Might have been. I know that's a pretty old one you have, but like, yeah. I guess I can talk about 
I mean, I played VC. I don't think VC were like ultra mega popular back when I started. Like I had no clue when I started. I mean, it was just my group of friends when we were playing. So I really just picked what I what I thought was cool. And I mean, I really liked the vampire lore and the undead stuff was cool. So I went with that as how I chose. And it seemed like for a while the VC kind of really jumped in popularity. I know you were saying you really liked the models and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. they have quite a bit of flavor there. But then I just switched to Tomb Kings. And that was kind of on a whim. Like I was building my VC. Like we had a pretty heavy like league term thing going on. I had so won one of the league terms. You were a VC player. Yep. And you're like, hey, I'd like to paint more skeletons. Well, yeah. you can see how many <laughs> skeletons I've painted. So right, right. that wasn't a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably quite slightly a benefit because I switched to Tomb Kings. And I'm like, well, I have half a Tomb Kings army already. I only need to buy a little more so I can just reuse my skeletons. There you go. And it's no thing there. But, I mean, I did end up buying, like, a whole Tomb Kings army. They're a whole different thing to me now. And that was more a convenience sake. And I think back when I did that, I was kind of leery about switching to a not-dead army. Because I was pretty... I mean, that's the play style I... That's the only thing I knew kind of thing. So it was pretty unfamiliar territory. Like expecting guys like running away breaking from combat what are you talking about i, mean, yeah, I know like, that was like a, the first time i played tomb kings was like crud i can't flee yeah <laughs> i can't I mean, flee this charge usually it's kind of crud but like i know you talked about it like knowing your guys are gonna stay there it's almost like a calculation more than a, a chance of a dice yeah. roll kind of thing it might suck that yeah i'm pulling off hands and fists of my models mm-hmm. but yeah, at the same time like i know there's going to be a few models left or i can just about count on there's going to be a few models left and that's all i need now to get my you know super you know my blender lord or my or that war sphinx or whatever it is into maybe a flank or a rear charge or whatever that is mm-hmm. or have just that extra round to focus my powery hitting unit at whittling down and getting being able to reposition and now deal with this other unit. And then I guess I can say for myself a little more active choice I was was picking up the Bretonians. And that was just for sake of looks and fluff, I guess, is what I chose there. And they're still not a vastly popular army, <laughs> I don't think. So I, I kind of personally steer away from bandwagon stuff too. That's why I probably talk kind of negative about how when vc was like super popular or something like that i was like Ugh. <laughs> i don't <laughs> like, want to play this it's like yeah i don't want to be like that one just another one of those guys kind of thing yeah i i've probably had a little away. bit of of you know getting into the hobby kind of trying to soak in everything that's going on when the i was i got in just past the dwarf release mm-hmm. and the elves were the first one to release when i got started and when I was looking at models, the elves were one of the ones I looked at, the wood elves, and there's, again, the Lord of the Rings kind of feel to it. Um, but And some of it is I tend to not care what other people think in general, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I, I definitely got into it, um, but I also decided that I wasn't a good ogre player yet, so I didn't want to switch. I didn't want to get to my second army before I was actually good at it. You definitely first. don't want to start out with a bad case of ADD. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Eric. You're still not a good order player. <laughs> I think you guys have to have a game, apparently. We'll see who's <laughs> a good ogre player. I, I remember the last game. I'm pretty sure I lost. <laughs> Against but me? Yeah, yeah it was a, I think you were here. No, we tied. We were within Oh, yeah, no, we points. drew. Yeah. yeah, lizards versus ogres. That was a, and, a super coaching. And it was, that was in one of my first, yeah, like ten games. And I would not say any of the games that I won were me winning. You know, like I said, everybody. I get well, that's a lot, a of lot help. when you're starting yep, out for exactly. sure. I mean, there's definitely a learning curve to your any army you play. Yep. So, 
really glad we have you here for this too because i think the new player perspective gives like the best like view of what's making these armies more popular yeah and that's kind of more the general terms and i think one thing we didn't mention uh is like the play styles we talked about like how undead plays a certain way i mean that's a pretty easy thing to get your head wrapped around although it is a little more complicated but some armies with how they play like you probably wouldn't recommend tomb kings for a starter oh, army I, I, I mean that's probably like, gonna pray to god new players don't don't that's mention don't that you're like no. there's <laughs> dark elves a few years yeah. ago too that was a real problem with new players because dark elves are really appealing with, when you're looking at the models yeah too, they had so. really cool models where they had like if you go back to like the old six ad days early seventh ed days people would be like they couldn't fight their way out of a they'd paper buy bag. those armies <laughs> you could still like i won i won a i won a fairly decent size one day tournament with them and i had a pretty good run with dark elves myself but That's, i had a very good understanding of the rules some general shit and i fielded some things like back then dragons were really good so i didn't you i'm like okay well i'm gonna use the fact that i'm t- playing this kind of really bad army i'm gonna f- take a dragon mm-hmm. where other players wouldn't because they felt it was over the top in their armies uh and and but it was it was definitely one of those ones like if you're new and you're just gonna put down blocks of infantry of of dark elves which dark elves really are they orientate themselves very well around all the cool stuff is infantry yeah and And at that point they were just you know (laughs) the infantry was just take it off and that wasn't it didn't lead to good good experiences getting into the game people you know there's a certain you know there's the, you can account like okay there's a learning curve and i'm just going to kind of account that playing against experienced players i'm probably going to take a bunch of hits first learning this game and learning how the mechanics work and having them coach me up but okay i've got past the first 10 i expect to at least win against <laughs> the guy you know maybe maybe get a win or feel like i'm competitive against the guys and when i'm you know when what I'm doing just doesn't I you know, we watch people they put those they put that army on the board and they would just take it off and the same things with Tomb Kings mm-hmm. you know I can play it and have an enjoyable game and feel like I'm in it and controlling the game and being able to have a chance to win every time I play with the Tomb Kings unless something terrible happens and I cascade <laughs> a wizard off the board and like turn two but uh, it's definitely more of an uphill battle a lot of yeah, synergy and stuff is hard to. Yeah, it's, it's definitely and first if, coming in. And if you're new and you're trying to learn the game and you're trying to f- create tactics, it's a tough mm-hmm. army to, to get the hang of. Well, I think, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, playability. Um, what's What I've seen nice is when you have some armies where um, there is like a basic way to play it. Yeah. And it's it may not be, you know, the most successful way to play it, but it's just basic. You know how to, you know how to use it and you're going to have relatively good game. Um, but then it has room to grow into. Yeah, that'd be the best possible thing. I mean, you don't want to be stuck in that thing. Like a really common new thing is probably like a Death Star kind of style gameplay and stuff yep. like that. So once you can get a hold of it, I mean, somewhere to start is always good. And then well, and you, I mean, we were talking about the ogres, and and I think great. when I, when I first got into it, that was some advice I got or things I read was you know block of of iron guts and uh, you know put your your guys in it and one. I got there's a lot of you know people yelling cheese you know yeah from uh, Mark Fatone. I know I'm not a fan um, of Death Stars. Well, and the thing is, is <laughs> I general. is yeah. I, I don't take any cheese from Hobby Killer for heart. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I don't think he can. His old, his old Nurgle wall <laughs> with double skill cannons. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, what's been nice though I'll, is I'll be nice on you. I'll take one skill cannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's been nice with with ogres is that they do have places to go, and I'd say they have one of the more versatile units in the game with the man eaters, which I haven't even gotten into. Um, you know, you can like customize that whole. Yeah, those guys know. are really awesome. For, but and for I think options. so. There's a lot of armies that have a lot of places to go. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that the dwarves are so popular because, and I think prior to maybe this book. You know, when you play, there's like a whole phase that you just don't get to play. Yeah, I don't, I don't think kind of. I don't a, know the dwarves are that popular outside of like Wisconsin, even in in the. <laughs> you think it's just the, the beer fluff, the Midwest? <laughs> I, I really do think like, the, the Wisconsin kind of players here, just, just have some some <laughs> particular extra interest in dwarves. Right, but yeah, even them. I mean, they do. I think that's kind of a something that make make them a better starter army if you're eliminating a whole phase you don't right. have to worry about kind of thing it's like vc don't worry about shooting like uh dwarves don't have to worry about magic and stuff like that so that can be a helpful learning step as far as getting into an army usually close combat armies are a little yep. more like easier geared for a new player and stuff like that and easier to get into i definitely but, recommend list building to kind of eliminate some phases like you don't have to take a lot of armies. You have to take a mage. Yeah, you, you can know, do that or, with anybody. Usually, besides like VC, you probably want some mages in there because <laughs> you have to. But <laughs> hold it together. <laughs> but uh, as far as you know, popularity perspective, I think um, when it comes to like you know, we talk about like when me and you got into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't really a, an internet. There really wasn't unless you know. We were getting into the game with like the local group of our buddies. Yep. And you would be like, "Okay, I'll pick an army that's some one of you guys aren't playing." Yeah, that's exactly your, your what first we did purchase. Too. There wasn't. Any um, and like so that. you have a little bit less of that army popularity, and you're picking up your first army probably less on any kind of research you've done on how the army plays, but just on how the models look. Yep. And so I think that's a huge factor as towards army popularity is people picking things that capture. We've talked about the elves, the the, the traditional token type stuff that you know that's where that was where I picked dwarfs because I came out of my D and D sessions and that was what you know uh, I like. I I have a lot, a lot of similarity with a dwarf, so you know that was a, an easy pick for me. And dark elves, why did I pick dark elves? You go back to the drow, the dark elves, you know, the this Dristirn character from Ari Salvatore's books, and that's why the dark elves were picked. <laughs> um, and yeah. and so you have there's that 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 kind of popularity and look and fluff type stuff. Sometimes that fl- that flavor and that fluff isn't even orientated around anything the Games Workshop's producing because you right. haven't read that. You haven't done that kind of research or looking mm-hmm. at that kind of stuff. Um, well, it seems like if fluff isn't the main reason you would pick an army, I would say I don't know anybody who picks an army if they don't like the fluff of that army. I, I that, didn't even know the fluff of yeah. the, my from the from the Warhammer perspective. Right, you still no have idea. But I mean, even the even idea, your own though. back in the back of your head idea of what dark you know dark elves are going to be yeah. like. If you like, I would say demons don't appeal to me. Well, I don't know what would compel you to play them if you didn't like something about. Right, right. I mean, so like, it may not be the force that drives you to play that mm-hmm. army, but if you have options, you're like, you know, what, I just. I think that has like some variance. I mean, the first thing is probably what you like and. Uh, any kind of background fluff or what you're familiar with Warhammer, you know. But then, like you were talking about the resource of the internet, I think that can kind of 
also swayed it the other ways why you see less of some armies i mean we were saying you don't want like new people to start out with the tomb king's army and stuff like that so now that you maybe somebody would have done that with their buddies or whatever kind of thing and would have got dug into the tomb kings but now like with all these resources available they'll tell them like yeah don't <laughs> maybe yep. choose something well, that, else that is a huge thing like that mm-hmm. that is a huge when you start it's so much easier now and and i'll include this partially with the so with the price tag, so when you're looking at the cost of ownership of an army mm-hmm. back when we got together and you could, or when we were getting started, you could go out and buy a regiment set for twenty U.S. dollars. Um, you know, you buy a box of sixteen skeletons, or I'd buy a box of, you know, sixteen dwarves. It was like twenty or twenty-five bucks. Yep. In the grand scheme of things, that's you know when you're building it was a lot an army. Smaller armies back then too. Yeah, you you had units of like. 20 25 guys tops i probably have double the model count lately than <laughs> then from uh, what where we started in sixth yeah. edition or whatever it was so you know we and we do have that so you look at the total cost of ownership of an army you were looking at you know i, I could reasonably when we got started you're looking at okay well i'll just go down to the store and i'll pick up the models i like the looks of mm-hmm. and i'll spend 20 bucks here 20 bucks there get an army book make a list and then go pick up those models and I'd, you know, okay, 150 bucks and then throwing 20 bucks here or there every time I go to the store, not such a big deal. But mm-hmm. now you're looking at anytime I make a purchase, well, I'm dropping 35, 40, 50, 70. Okay, I'm going to buy this one character. <laughs> we talked about it at the onset, Nagash, $105 for a single model. Yeah. Um, you're, you're that right away, like, okay, well, how am I going to use this thing? Gonna, how is it going to impact my game? How is this going to be something that's really going to work for me? Is this something that I'm actually going to use? Even as a new player, you're looking, you go to the shelf and you're like, okay, well, I really love that look of that dragon. Dragons are awesome. Oh, wait. I'm not going to spend $70 on a kit because you know, I've done my research and I've realized that that's not a very good model. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other thing, um, you know, we're talking about that side of, you know, you might buy the model but never use it, so there's some cost there. But then... Uh, like the wood elf army, I've heard a couple of tournaments recently where people were shocked that there weren't more wood elves out in the tournament scene, but you can't even get some of the models. Like they just don't like the model line. Like the model line just isn't there. You can't get, was it Is way watchers? Yeah. Well, like the way watchers were just out. Of, they, you could not order them from GW. They were oh. sold out for like the first two months. The wood elf book came out. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I was hearing even on Monday that there's still models that you can't. Probably not. Well, they were metal ones and they probably switched them to fine cast, didn't they? So I'm that might've had some sure. flub with it. So I think that was the thing to think about too, is like, I don't know, a lot of, I think armies are pretty good nowadays where they have like the full model line available, but it seems like almost every army has like at least one thing that isn't there, whether it's a special character, maybe doesn't have a model to represent them or like vampires don't have a hell steed, you know, mm. or like. I can't think of any other examples at the moment, but you brought up the Way Watchers or whatever, or just something that's not there. Yep. But then, um, that's probably, I mean, we did a lot of talk about the general scheme of popularity, but I think you just were talking about tournaments. I think when you switch to the tournament gear, uh, there's probably a little variance in what people are bringing to tournaments then, isn't there? I, I think I, I think there's a lot, depending on, so I think tournaments do definitely dictate what people, particularly people that are into that scene, are willing to buy or looking at. You definitely see um, trends towards what are the more effective armies in the game or what are the mo- what's the more popular list builds in your meta. Mm-hmm. 
um, whatever that area is. Um, we still see a large number of ogre players. A lar- we're seeing a large number of demon players in the yeah. meta. Warriors of Chaos. Uh, we're seeing, you know, there's a lots of those um, types of armies out there. Empire was crazy popular at Blood in the Sun this year, and you know, yeah, largely because of the lately. strength of cannons um, <laughs> in the game, and in the and basically the what Meal was running the Meal build of Empire two year to like two bits ago, like. He ran Empire, and like everybody in the local meta, pretty much has now copycatted just about that yeah, army because strong. he ran it really effectively, and it was terribly hard to play. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think the big thing with tournaments, I mean, a lot of us who have been in the hobby for a while have many different armies, and usually, I mean, you're gonna want to pick something that's competitive, so you might have your turn like your tournament army. You're not gonna bother taking maybe your less powerful army, and then. It probably also narrows things down by what people have put all their work into, what your tournament-level army for hobby-wise is, like what one's your better-painted one, and it's just kind of narrowing everything to a point kind of when you get into the tournament scene. And I think the strength of the army does really play a big part, and that's why you see so many like ogres and demons and stuff like that. People are it's, just wanting to stay competitive. The other thing is you start looking at models there. What are the You start looking at those models you just kind of listed. Ogres demons, warriors, all armies that are not ter- not high model count. Nope. And in in t- most tournaments, the, our Games Workshop-oriented tournaments, we have, especially here in the U.S., we have this idea of appearance scoring. So you need something that you can paint well. Yeah, it's quite a big Maybe, factor. For- you know, and it's really easy to do like an ogre and throw a wash on them and then pick out like the muscles and you're done you know mm-hmm. a dry brush a, a wash and a paint and and a paint and they're like okay that's a flesh tone and then because of the depth of the crevices and whatever it's an easy model to paint um same with demons and whatever so yeah mm-hmm. you definitely i think that i tra- like it tractor seems tra- like you have a lot i mean i feel like conversion stuff is blowing up a lot lately too and like some of those armies give you a little more room to do some cool stuff with like Ogres just being bigger probably make them a little easier. They're Bugs, good platform like, for a lot demons of stuff. can be all over the place. I mean, you're doing quite a bit of conversion in your demons. Just the idea of a demon can really be like freaking anything. So you have a lot more option there for conversions. Undead. You were talking about the coolness of the model, but when you come to something like elves or something like that, like how many different ways can you make this one little elf? <laughs> I mean, right. He's not any different. He might be riding like a cool dragon or something like that. And that's only one bit of your whole army. So yeah. it's kind of harder to push that higher level of conversions for yeah. those yeah. No, bigger definitely. armies like that. I have a hard time trying to find ways to convert dwarfs. Dwarf. Yeah, dwarf would probably you be know. the best one to mention. You, you know, like, I can, they I don't can even do, have cool mounts or anything like know, that to put them on. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to make so, this dwarf. He's got I'll, a I'll cool axe. Yeah, I'll swap like, out his axe, or I'll all you got you know, to go on. Maybe I'll give this guy this this unit. We all have beer mugs or something mm-hmm. like that, or whatever. And then I have to like convert or figure out ways to make the model. Maybe be drinking. Yeah. Maybe this guy's drinking out of his model, his mug, and this guy gets a pipe added because he's smoking out of his pipe, and you know stuff like that. You know, there's there's definitely alter, there's definitely ways to do that. Maybe. You know, it's but harder it's, to it's notice, harder though, to do too. on that big on those models. Yeah, and yeah. it is harder for people to notice that, especially you know, any conversion that's done well. It's hard to notice, mm-hmm. but it's definitely when you're doing it on a bigger model like an ogre, like it's pretty easy to, for for somebody to recognize. Oh, hey, that's a big change from what I'm used to seeing over here on this other guy's army. Yeah, I see that a lot. Like 
people changing armor and stuff on an ogre is a lot more noticeable than if you change the armor on a dwarf. I mean, they're all <laughs> in armor already. They're all yeah. like this little bit, <laughs> little dude. So it's really hard to notice. Well, and that comes down to the change, like to that. the model too. Cause I mean, I was showing you my noblars, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they just have, they're not arms aren't like real tight to their body and stuff. <laughs> so you can hack those things off and yep. put different stuff on and different weapons. And um, so, yeah, some of it's just the flexibility of the sculpt. Uh, but small is definitely harder. Um, yeah, the, like I was saying with the man eaters, like I'm not even the ones that they've created, the fine cast ones. I'm not even yeah. really interested in uh, because you can take um, you know, just ogre so bowls easy to make your own and just give them some cool stuff and make them your own and convert them. And there's just there's just plenty to work with yeah. there already. The man eater idea is like a huge ends for any kind of conversion. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, yeah, it's just a free for all conversion fluff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so then from a company perspective, do you think this influences Games Workshop's decisions on what they're going to release or, or which armies are going to get, maybe get now that they're kind of in this interesting release schedule, which armies are going to get the cool new kits? Yeah, it's a, I mean, I feel like it's a lot different than it used to be, but it must have some kind of impact because I really base that on the fact that like some armies have had like three or four army books before this other army will get like one release even just to bring it up to the current edition i mean brett's are still super old but there's probably been like at least three orc books since then like three dwarf books stuff like that coming out it seems like empire are always getting like re-released too but just there's these less popular armies that just seem to be I mean, like ignored you think everything would be brought up to um you know to the new edition i guess yeah before other stuff would if popularity didn't have something to do with it and then yeah i don't have a sense of like how much they print or mold you mm-hmm. know create at one time when they have a, a release of things or how quickly they can just you know drum up you know uh you know a, yeah. a thousand of like, a, any unit or something like yeah. that now is the fastest we've ever seen like releases i think in the whole like history of Warhammer. yeah well, I, <laughs> this new stuff since they made this commitment to moving to plastic mm-hmm I know it was something like a year ago. They were up to being able to come up with four new plastic kits a month. Yeah. I think and, 3D modeling has a lot to do with it, yeah. too. I mean, it's not taking these guys sculpting every single dude to push out a model. And I wonder, too, I mean, in, in the past, when you have to, like, print, like, you have to, to mold everything, and you have to house stock in a warehouse. Yeah. You know, now I'm sure print-on-demand's coming into factor where, to some extent, I don't think you could probably release a book, a new book, until you got rid of what was in your warehouse. I mean, otherwise you're just maybe flushing a bunch of stuff down the... But I don't know how much that goes into decision-making Yeah, that's either. true with some of the completely new models and stuff like that. It's kind of weird, like the Dwarf Slayers and stuff like that seem to be kind of a weird thing, too, because they don't really have a new kit, and they're still those pretty old ones. So I, I don't know, it's just a wonder to There's me still how a they're few, few stocking of those, those dudes around still when they have all the new ones yeah but yeah that's an interesting thing i didn't think about is how they manage their stock and well, stuff I mean, like that with how they because yeah i mean there's certainly got to be a if if demons are popular and they're just co- going off the shelf they could it's it's like printing money to print models yeah then it makes sense to either just keep them going keep them going and and supporting it and giving the the same players the new reasons to buy more models um and the old stuff maybe you just wait until you have a point where it makes sense to okay we can come up with some new models without it being you know we we ran out we got our stock taken care of we can mm-hmm. afford to you know 
put out a new release and hopefully gain some new people. Yeah, that's a really interesting business perspective. I didn't really think about at all. But then I it's got to have some kind of impact on it because like right now, like Brett's are really hard to buy from GW, the company who freaking makes them. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, you, they, funny like that. Hit, so been able to get, like, we've heard about them in the tubes for... for a long time, but yeah. yeah, you can't even buy like a peasant anymore. So right, right. <laughs> it's pretty goofy. Something has to be going on there that they don't want to be pushing these guys out, building up their stock or whatever. So that's a big impact. And I mean, I mean, they're there to stay in business. So you're going to yeah. want to be making the dudes that, gets you the monies so yeah keep them going and brett's are pretty hilarious anything wrong with that you can buy two guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) but everything's just not available (laughs) so you you have like when you go to their website like okay i checked bretonian there's 13 kits available 13 options available but if you go to there's no rare no it's not even an option so you have the like the unit categories section on their website you have lords (laughs) and heroes core units special yeah. units there's one special unit available three core units available and four character models available. So there's gonna be more nagash stuff before <laughs> so before too long <laughs> yeah you gotta you You're gotta a get bigger the, undead armor yeah and one of the options available is like an ancient they like this pegasus this pegasus that metal model, pegasus has, that's, that's yeah. pretty horrible that's been there since probably like the edition, 80s <laughs> if i was a brett player i'd be praying that the fluff went that some uh that the Lady of the Lake is who st- stands up to Nagash in the end, and then uh, I heard some. Well, I don't know. We <laughs> then that book comes out, and everybody that, bandwagons but... <laughs> on Brett's. <laughs> I don't know. I think I heard something about like Archaeon was going to come back, and that's what kind of was going to save the world. That these two dudes were going to come and kind of make ends of each other, I guess, kind of thing or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see where all that bring ends it up. on. But anyway, tangents. <laughs> but. Have we beat the horse here? Yeah, I think so. So, what do we talk about today? Oh, well, we did a, quite a lot of blabbing at the beginning of the show to recap a bunch of stuff. Your big Gen Con trip. We talked a little before that about a little bit of hobbying. We brought Eric on the show, Woo. our special, very special guest today. And then uh, we also talked a lot about our last tangent we just got into again. <laughs> it was the Nagash release, a pretty big deal for the Warhammer scene coming up after a dry spell. Yeah, like definitely. Eric was saying, and then we just finished our main topic that was army popularity, all the ins and outs of that. Why some are better than others, or more popular, at least more others. popular. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But better has something to do with it, I guess. By yeah, what we better divulged. availability of models, uh, why you know that comes from from a company side as well as from a player, new player. You know what they're picking and where they're coming from when they're coming into it. It's definitely, you know. I think you see a lot of transition for players going to elves and dwarves and orcs and stuff for the tra- traditional elves. traditional side of things. <laughs> and maybe that's why you see armies that are a little more fringe or GW flavor text wise, like a Bretts, um, which is also maybe an army that's a little intimidating to paint and collect. Yeah. Uh, more of one of those ones. I hear a lot of guys in the Warhammer scene. They're like, okay, I always I think want everybody a Brett. I always Brett's. want a Brett army. I always like want just, a Brett army, but I don't. I can't paint it. I can't do it. I don't. I don't. Can't do it justice. Because that's a pretty big strong fantasy thing. Is just like the knights on the battlefield, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, painting all of the heraldry is a definite leap. So, how do you get a hold of the show or host here, buddy? I think we have some uh, emails you can reach us at. Yep, you can reach us at hosts at wiscodice.com. Yep. You can also check out our website at wiscodice.com. The show's been are posted there all the time, and our blog's been yep. 
pretty heavy as of late. So if yeah, you're we're not act- checking that out, keep we, updated on that. And we're kind of actively recruiting here from the local scene, yep. trying to get more of the Madison folks that were, are playing Warhammer at the store involved with uh, the blog on the Wisco Dice site and getting yeah. them involved with the Showcase show itself. All of our talent. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Showcase all Appreciate the local it. talent. Anyway, um, as far as listening to the show on iTunes, Black Ray Podcast, Stitcher Smart Radio. Yep. Go ahead and make sure you leave us a review if you haven't already. We appreciate it. We try to read those reviews, check them out, see what you guys think. Hopefully, uh, you know, they're positive. And if they're not, you know, send us, you yeah. know, we'll take that feedback and try to use it to improve yeah. and make our show better. I'm sure you've heard it before. We take a lot of fan suggestions out. So if you want to hear, tell us to shut up in you know, some way, <laughs> let us know. You got a show idea or some uh, some thought or yeah. whatever that you want you want to hear us discuss on the show you haven't heard us talk hear about. Very high-level, esteemed, uh, scholarly perspectives, our opinions on all this stuff. Coenzie will sure, just make yeah. things up. It's pretty normal. <laughs> um, and you can always check us out on the various social media stuff, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Google+, all, all those it. kind of good things. Uh, yeah. So that's about it. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. We're out. Peace out. Bop bop bop